Welcome to Beyond Expectations. In an effort to build rapport with our listeners who want holistic wellness in their lives and are looking to expand from what they already know, Beyond Expectation. We're going to talk about our whys and help you get to know us. Mm-hmm. And Carly's going to start. Okay, so my why and why I'm here and think um and beyond, I want to be beyond expectations, is I know that I have a lot to work on, on my perspective, and I want to expand my perspective, but I also want to be able to share some of my perspective and expertise to anyone who is listening and want to expand and increase their knowledge of living a healthy and full life. That sounds awesome. (laughs) That's why you're good at what you do. And we'll get more into why listen to us after you hear our whys. Um, My why of wanting to spread the message of thinking bigger and living beyond expectations of others and of yourself um, is because I feel like I want to be an inspiration and a motivation for people who don't even think of the possibilities or their capabilities. Uh, As a clinical social worker, I see a lot of people who are depressed and anxious and a lot of the reason why they feel that way is because they don't think much of themselves um, and they don't think much of what's ahead of them. They think a lot of what's happened in the past, people who've done them wrong, um, people who are doing them wrong currently, you know, they're they're very much in what is going wrong and and I want to challenge the idea that what if things could be going right? If only you plan for it, right? Yes. Yes. I'm on board. (laughs) <laughs> yes, I know. We, we got this. So um, uh, We like to always have a little icebreaker, and sometimes a great icebreaker is a little game. So we're going to do a little five-question profile game. Um, and I am going to um, give Nakia five words that, that, that I think of her when I think of you know, Nakia. So when I think of Nakia, um, I think free spirit. <laughs> I think... Um, she has an amazing smile and energy. So I think free spirit, I think of a nurturing mother or just a nurturing person, um, very creative minded, um, and a giver. Um, and I don't even know, I was telling somebody, I, I was hanging out with some ladies and said, I don't feel like I'm much of a giver. So it's interesting that you... But the giving doesn't have to be a product, doesn't have I to be I want to be a giver, but I'm so bad. I'm like, well, whose birthday is it today? Giving can be energy, right? I don't think we understand that. You know, I've learned there's whether you know or not, you're you can be a giver of energy, positive energy, or you could be a taker. Yeah, that's true. And I don't think people are aware of that. And you're a giver of energy, of positive, encouraging energy, and that's why you're here on this podcast because you are a giver. Right? Did she about. not just say that she might <laughs> be able to be inspired? I guess That's I did. I guess, I, you know what, when you first, when I heard it come from your mouth, I thought material giving immediately, you know, and... I, I, maybe that's my insecurity speaking, right? That I maybe am insecure that I don't give enough materially of right. what I have, and, and maybe that's something I'm worried about. Yeah, you know? and I think that 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 is, I think, where we're talking about expectation perspective is that a lot of people think it's material, mm-hmm. but I really, I, you know, it depends on your love language, mm-hmm. which is what love languages do, but mm-hmm. like 
giving of energy, I think, is says more to me than you giving me your gift. Because mm-hmm. that gift, what, it's going to be used and it's going to be put aside. But whatever energy you give me, I can grow with that. It's like a little seed, mm-hmm. right? And that can sprout into so much more. Yes, I like it. I like that I get energy. So I think I gave you four. I don't know. Oh, you okay, five. okay, I love it. Thank but, you. Um, okay, give me my one more. <laughs> uh, one more. I had one. You broke <laughs> Um, and um, I said creative. Oh, I think innovative in in in, in a business. Um, I've been so impressed of what you've done with your oh, business. You. Um, you you obviously are, are inspired to help people, right? And then you're able to take that and then put a business together where you're actually bringing in partners of the like-minded professionals. That takes a talent and that takes some inspiration. So I think that you are a, a true entrepreneur, oh, yeah. right? And a, <laughs> and, and a boss babe. Yes, I, I mean, am. come on. I, so that's it, what I, I, I always wear my invisible crown. That's so. what I say. Yes, <laughs> Thank so you. Of course. I appreciate that. That was fun. Okay, I'm ready to do you. You're an amazingly beautiful woman. Okay, so my five words that best describe Carly's story, at least for me, is, you know, strong. I look at you physically, you look strong. When you speak, I feel strength that's like coming from your like body, everything about you. I'm like, whoa, could I have you in my, uh, you know, my army? Like, let's be, let's come join Team Beast, baby. Let's do this. Like, when I see you, I just, I always wanted to work with you. I did not necessarily work because, you know, right. as an entrepreneur, I wasn't thinking, oh, let's go and get an office together and sit somewhere and build some, make some money. It was right. more so like energy was attracted to you. Mm-hmm. So I would say one was strength. Mm-hmm. I was attracted to, attracted to strength because I love strong people. I love strong women. Like, mm-hmm. I love it. Um, and I was attracted to like just the energy you have. You're so positive and you speak out that your ability to communicate. I think I've said four now, but yeah. like, I don't know if I separated them. I just, right. I'm such a fan. It's, right. You know, and Thank let me see you. one more, two more, I think maybe. I think that was three. Wrong, 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 <laughs> I also like your bravery. I, you know, I saw that you did a photo shoot and movies where you were like kung fu women with like. <laughs> <laughs> what I saw that I follow her on Instagram and Facebook so I'm like a little stalker <laughs> but people are like I like them I want right. to know about them so that's right. why I appreciate social media uh-huh. but like I saw you one time you were just like kicking out the samurai swords what was that yeah, yeah. <laughs> what was that about uh, I, I, you know I do a little acting here and there and I always play I love to play uh, empowering women strong hero uh, heroine people so yeah so yeah, it was fun to do a photo shoot and be able to do those kind of roles. So I oh. did my own stunts and everything. It was fun. I loved it. I saw yeah. you and I was like, can I come and join you and have a sword and do whatever you're doing <laughs> Like you motivated me. You made yeah, me want to get I'm out good. there. Uh, that's another thing about you. You are so motivating and so disciplined. So I think mo- those are my last two. Motivating because I remember I used to, we, we, Carly and I actually met in a workout group. Yeah. We would go every Saturday at Santa Monica and go run the stairs, do push-ups, do these crazy, insane workout routines with uh, Janet? Yeah, Janet. 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 She did the Bikini Booty Club in Santa Monica. Yeah. She's so fabulous. You know, if you know her, go find her. And uh, she, we used to meet her every Saturday and Carly would be there. Like, I'd be late rolling on in. Carly's already there running the mile, the beginning mile. Still have energy afterwards. Let's go do this, guys. So, you're very motivating. I have to keep up with you. 
And then after that was my last one, disciplined. Oh, that's so interesting you say disciplined. I think you have discipline because, and I think that this is con- what, what we can go into the next mm-hmm. part is, um, is talking about some of the things that we lack or what we think of ourselves is just as like a yin and the yang, right? Mm-hmm. So we have great assets, but then there's some things that we can work on. Um, and discipline is one of those things that I feel like I need to work on. So it's funny that you say or you see discipline in me. Yes, I see and discipline. And I feel like I lack it so much. Where do you think you lack discipline? Um, because in my expectations of what I think I should be doing, I'm very short. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and I think we're all very much harder on ourselves mm-hmm. than what people are mm-hmm. um but I, I i'm very hard on myself thinking like you know and I, being that i'm a personal trainer being that i think in an orderly fashion i think it kind of puts me in that way of thinking of like oh i can do this i can do this i'm always pushing the envelope to think i'm not good enough mm-hmm. right so discipline might be a far-fetched thing for me in some mm-hmm. sense and i have to allow myself to um, be more loving or accepting of certain things and say, hey, the little milestone, say, hey, you got this, so you should be happy. Not think about what you didn't do or mm-hmm. that you didn't reach this mark. Yeah. And that's something that I have to work on myself, which I am trying to utilize while I'm practicing it. I can apply that to help other people. Mm-hmm. Most of the stuff that I like to share are things that I realize that I go through so when I share that to you, it's something that I've personally experienced and played around with so that I can relate with you and figure out how we can work on it together. Mm-hmm. So, um, and just to go with the whole discipline thing um, and, and different weaknesses, I guess, right? You've probably heard of SWOT, right? So when they do, like when you have business seminars, um, team building, they, they have this acronym called SWOT. SWOT stands for strength, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. Mm-hmm. Um, and that helps you build your business or your mission, whatever that is. Um, and one of the things that I, um, we went to some seminar with my job and they had us do that. And when we wrote down our strength, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats, he took the weaknesses and said, that is an opportunity. An opportunity yes. to you to do something about mm-hmm. it and to improve on. Don't look at it as something as that's going to pull you down. Think of it as something that you can work on and get better. Yeah. So instead it. of a SWAT, it's going to be what? Shoot. <laughs> right? <laughs> well, well, actually, wait. Explain it to me. So S-W-O-T. Okay. SWAT. So strength, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. So then if you take... The weaknesses as being opportunities again. So it's so just suit. 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 <laughs> I'm trying to get your suit on. You can say shoot. Oh, I'm like, like, sorry. I was like, H. I was like, sorry. what is the H? Is it help? Like, what is it? Get your suit on. Get your suit on. Get your suit on. I like it. I like so it. So yeah, what what do you think your, with it, you kind of touch base on mm-hmm. it. So, you know, things that were surprising when I said something about you, right? You mm-hmm. said the, the giver. Yeah, I thought that was surprising. And yeah. do you feel, and you do you ever feel insecure that you like you kind of touch on that you're not getting enough? Well, I guess I could process that a little bit. I think one of my biggest challenge as a really independent woman, who you know I've gone through experiences in life that tell me that I have to be able to solve problems, mm-hmm. and 
survive mm. no matter what, mm. no matter if somebody is going to help me or be around me or engage with me. Right. Um, you know, and I can go into detail about that at another time, mm-hmm. but that kind of thinking individualizes you. You, um, I had a really hard time transitioning into becoming a mother mm. um, because no longer was I kind of like taking care of self. Like I, I had my mom and support and everything, but I moved out of the house early right. um, and went to college and started paying my own bills and doing everything, uh, you know, at 17. I was already in college. And I think already working two and three jobs, you know, from in high school, you know, make, I know how to go out there and figure out how to make money <laughs> and do what I need to do. Man, um, it's, awesome. it's been a constant my whole life. And I think that, Retraining myself to be that way yeah. um, has instilled in this like kind of like driven uh, kind of ex- experience of life right. that really doesn't look at other people very much. Like I look, oh, I like guys, y'all cool. Let's hang out, let's go on dates, and I love you, I love friends, I love brunch. But there's still this driven part of me that kind of isn't taken off course for anything. Right. And when I had Amari, that's the one thing you have to, your whole body, you can't eat. I love sushi. I couldn't eat sushi. Right. You know, like for so long, you know, and like you just sacrifice so much. And it was, it was jarring because I was so used to like feed you, feed you, get you, get you to the next level. Like I don't need a lot, but I know how to give what I need, but I don't really look outside to think, oh, do you also have what you need? Mm. You know, because I'm assuming you got to take care of yourselves, right? You're going, everybody's pushing forward. We all have the same tools. Right. And as I got more and more deeper into my career as a healer and a helper, mm. you know, yoga, having Amari helped me notice other people, helped me open my eyes. But I think people were mad at me throughout my life because it doesn't look like I look up. Oh, um, and I think that's where my insecurities come from, because I think people think I care more about whatever's pushing me, the passion. Interesting. Yeah, because it's been passionate about so many things. I've, right. You know, I've been working so much that it's like I'm going to build a passion inside me. Right. I think what happened is I built a passion mm-hmm. to survive, and then the passion just is, is in existence. I've created a personality. And you know, it's weird. <laughs> really, really, actually really interesting because mm-hmm. I feel like you and I are kind of the opposite. Mm-hmm. So you're saying, if I understand right, that you, you know, when you were younger, before you had the business, yoga, and your son, that you were kind of just kind of streamlining to your passions and being more into what is it, your drive and your ambitions, correct? Mm -hmm. Um, And then having those other factors in your life had kind of made you open up a little bit more, be aware of other people, needs, and so forth, Mm -hmm. where... I'm the opposite. Oh, I feel like being that um, I was adopted, right? They say that being adopted, your perspective is already vast. It's not, you're always taking in um, of, of everything around you because you're trying to fit in, you're trying to acclimate. So um, because of that, I constantly was trying to fit in my family or fit into an identity, put into the city, the little town that I lived. And I was getting lost and not knowing who I was and what is it that I wanted. So in my adulthood or in my um, transition is now is trying to embrace more of what is it that I want? Mm. What is it? What are my passions? You know, um, what is my heart want? Not what does everybody else want? Yeah. Right? Because everybody else is important to me. I've learned that people are important to me, and they still are, but I would sacrifice 
or I have sacrificed or put on the back burner, what is it that I want mm -hmm. and who I want to be instead of having everybody else define and tell me who I want to be. So you, you kind of feel defined from a young age? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. As what? Like, what would you say other you, people wanted to define you as? Um, well, how do I say this? I think that people are pretty accurate. Like when you had described me, mm -hmm. yeah, um, I, I definitely embody health and fitness. Um, but I think that's all they streamline and see me when I'm so much more. So when I say, um, or I, when I talk about something else, which I go, I'm hoping that this is, will expand on, you know, mm -hmm. introducing who we are. Mm -hmm. Um, they're just like, oh, I had no idea you had this side of you or this mm -hmm. side of you. And so I think just because, um, I don't think I've been, um, guided in, in not who I am. They, whoever my families and friends have definitely seen an essence of who I am, but it's like, I was boxed into like, this is who you are. And that's kind of all you are. Yeah. Does that make sense? They like they didn't see bigger. Right. They didn't see bigger. And or, you didn't see bigger? Or, well, yeah. And then what happens and you start fitting into the role of how you perceived. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think we kind of go with that with even uh, social media. Yeah. We have to be careful with that because in social media, you get boxed in whatever you put out there and then that's how people see you. Yeah. And then you start seeing that maybe I am that and you're actually maybe not that. Or you're beyond that. And they say first impressions. Yeah, first impressions. But we got to be careful on being able to separate that that's a business identity. Yeah. And then there's a whole different identity of ourselves. That's beyond that. Yeah. Yeah. Or beyond even business. You know, there's yeah. the family identity. There's the the girlfriend's identity or, you know, your boys, you know, yes. your boys. So there's, you know, you are different people yep. with, with different crowds. Yeah. And that's necessary though, because that's how you learn. Yeah. That's how you become bigger and better is learning and meeting people. You have to mold in with you in order for you to survive in this world and get along with everybody. You have to be able to be a comedian. Yes. Yes. You have to change. And I think that's where, you know, I think you might have a little bit of a superpower, even me, you know, I think um, you are an adopted child and right. you are, you know, is it, what's your ethnicity? What's your, what's your makeup? How, how are you culturally involved um, with this world? Yeah. So I, I, I was hoping that was mixed, but I'm really not. I did the answer. Really? <laughs> Why are you hoping to be mixed? I want to be mixed. I mean, that's, hey, that's it. I want yeah, to say yeah, like, I want to, I want to be more than the obvious. And the obvious is I'm Asian, okay? Yeah. But, you know, I want to be like, oh my gosh, I'm Asian and Dutch <laughs> and uh, African, African, you know? Yeah. I don't, I, but I'm 100%. And there's beauty in that. 100%. I'm 100% Korean. That's what they yeah. say. That's what they say. But yeah, I'm 100% Korean. Um, but yeah, I, I like I like being mixed. I like diversity. I like culture. So I want to be able to say, oh, I'm this, and I should look into that. But that's what you are. That's why I brought it up. You're a yeah. mix of being one culture. Isn't your mother and father a different ethnicity? Maybe? Yeah. So yeah. Um, I call myself a banana. Well, no, no, no. I call myself a ripe banana. So ripe banana is... <laughs> I'm yellow on the outside. I'm white on the inside because I was raised by a Caucasian family in the Midwest. I'm white in the middle, <laughs> yellow on the outside, and I got little bruise spots. <laughs> now, the bruise spots, it's not really bruise, it's just brown spots. 
um, or I could say bright banana. Um, and that's, I feel like I got a little black like, <laughs> flavor, like Latin or something. Hit like, because you, what, did you date black men? I did black <laughs> but I've always had this affinity in, uh, for urban culture and music. And um, and yeah, I, I obviously I've dated black guys. Mm-hmm. Um, I have mixed diverse girlfriends so and there's definitely like a little fire in me i don't know if that's a sagittarius or if you that's could be a dog that with a fire stereotypically like, you could be latina and yeah be, i mean that's what i'm saying i could be, be the fire dragon lady there's something else in me that is like, like media you know yeah, yeah. exactly so I, that's why i call myself a bruised banana or a red banana yeah if you're a, a fruit let's talk about this if you're a fruit what would you be me for a fruit. I'd <laughs> be a strawberry. A strawberry. Okay, just because it sounds sexy with some whipped cream. Oh my god. I'm just kidding, like I'm sexy. <laughs> no, I think I are. just like strawberries. Like I, I think it's my favorite flavor if I ever get lip gloss or anything and if I have to choose like the jam or anywhere, I was like, Do you have strawberry? Can I have strawberry? I mean you do have like a little strawberry harvest hat Face, so. Do you like do you like a strawberry shortcake? I do. I used to like that cartoon. You know, I'd, I would dress up like her if I had the opportunity. There you go. Just dress up. Dress up for Halloween. Why uh, for us, not dress up. Okay, in general. See? Like I'm just always dressed up. Oh, you guys, you guys, guys are tapping into something. You know, it's Libra. It's that Libra in me. Like we like to dress up. So yeah, let's. So yeah, I think that um, stereotypes or what we think of ourselves, I think is, is definitely something that we could explore later on more and more in depth. So. Totally. But the point I was making to explore you being a ripe banana yeah. was that you kind of have a superpower in that you have different perspectives already. Yes. Like you see the perspective of your parents, you can yes. see the perspective of, you know, adopted child, like, you know, it's, yeah. it's different, but you also had a family, you had a secure family. Yeah. So you don't quite have the perspective of maybe a foster child who experienced the adoption. Right. You know, so it's it's a different perspective, but it's still an awesome one that people need to hear about that you Yeah, I mean, it's definitely something this. actually I want to do. Um, I'm getting more into the Korean adoptee documentaries really? um, and getting into um, identity. So identity is pretty big when it comes to adoptees um, and foster. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really want to be able to tap into that a little bit more because it's really getting to my psychology of who I am. But identity issues are big between those two um, demographics of people because, once again, they're constantly pushed to see around them mm-hmm. um, and to acclimate and fit in um, and not who they are. Um, so um, I would love to be able to explore that. And actually, I would eventually like to do a documentary on my own. Yeah, to be able to do that and then be able to go to Korea, um, meet my family, you know, that's one of my... I claim favorite. that for you. Yeah. You claim that. Uh, uh, with, that with that being said, <laughs> I also want to say I think a great thing about that being I was adopted is because I see an observance on so many things and I feel like I'm not one race, mm-hmm. I don't see race. Oh, that's hard though. It's, that's a hard statement to make sometimes. It's I yeah. see, yeah, mm-hmm. I see different skin colors. Mm-hmm. I see different cultural things, but I don't. I I guess because I feel like I um I feel a, a connection to being white, being you know, because I by association I'm around black culture. Um, because I was white, raised with a white family, I understand white culture. Uh, because I'm Korean, I'm starting to understand, even if I subconsciously, I have an attraction towards Asian culture. Mm-hmm. So all that, I just see it as just 
culture. Mm. I just see it as everybody has a different way of living. Everybody has different color skin. Everybody has different features. Um, often I would see a white person and say, hey, that looks like my friend, you know, uh, I know I'm just going to be very serious. <laughs> Tyrone. And a black guy have similar characteristics and features. Mm. I'm like, they look like each other. Yeah, because we all humans. We got the same things. We got nose and ears, exactly. eyes and toes. And exactly. All those so I, I, I feel like I've been blessed by at least from that. I don't see as much. I don't, and, and all this racial tension really, really frustrates me yeah. because I don't see it. And to the point, I've even put shutters, blinds. That's denial you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, I know, but, but it's good. It, it works is. for you. Right, but that's it's a good and bad thing. Yeah. Right, yeah. because it's it's such a harsh, um, I've never experienced, I mean, I have, but not harsh racism. Yeah. Um, I've definitely experienced racism, but it was either I put a blindfold on to not see it, mm-hmm. um, because some of the times I thought I was just white, <laughs> I would come in thinking, like, I'm white. Yeah. <laughs> You really um, thought you were white? Oh my gosh, for the longest time I thought mm-hmm. I was white. I wouldn't even look at myself in the mirror when I was a kid. I was very insecure as a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, I just so wanted shocking to know looking yeah. at you and being in your energy. Yeah, I just wanted to prove myself. Yeah. And I still have that. I just wanted to prove myself through the works that mm-hmm. I do. I was an athlete. I was academic. I wanted to show that you know I can do these things and I'm identified by what I do. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought I was white. Because you, know? you only had mostly white people yeah, around. and I didn't want to accept the fact that I was Asian. Yeah. And uh, only so did I, when I get older and into college, um, that I slowly started to accept that I'm Asian. Mm-hmm. And people, you know, might like it, not like it. But it's, it's a process. Yeah. What else was accepted? College? Like, it was, was it, did you start to get exposed to more diverse persons or? Yeah. I think it was me getting um, more exposed to diverse them or diverse people, but also I didn't. I just got to explore myself mm-hmm. without being attached to what my parents thought, what my siblings thought, what my uh, you know um, friends and yeah, high school, circle. my circle thought. Mm-hmm. Did it you move like, out of the state or something? Yeah, I did. Oh, you stayed literally. And I literally, and I literally <laughs> wanted to. I wanted yeah. to go and yeah. just go away as far as away that I can so I can find myself. Yeah. yeah. Do you have you found yourself? I'm still in. Yeah. I definitely have definitely found a lot about myself, but I still am and I think it's an ongoing journey. And it should be an ongoing journey. Yeah, right? Yeah. Lifelong learners. It should be. Lifelong yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. But what do you think about just in general about, you know, um talking about racial the racial tension and everything that's going on from sexuality to mm. To the color of your skin. To well, I think we have an inflaming um, party administration in power currently for those issues. Right. You know, um, the lack of saying that not somebody who's in the Nazi party is not wrong and kind of good people is scary to me as a black woman. Well, and not even only black. I'm multiracial. Um, I mix with lots of fun little things, but as a black, I identify as black. Okay. Um, I feel like a black woman, especially once I had my son, a black boy. Mm. Um, any passing that I might have had as an Indian woman or some some Hispanic lady, or because I do pass with that, looking the color and the way I look, my thin features, 
depending on how I have my hair, whether right. I have braids, yeah. and whether I have a lot of makeup or not, yeah. what, what kind of what my nails are done. Huge difference. You know, do I look like I got money today? Do I not? Yes. You know, the way people treat me really yes. transitions. Or if I have my son, it really transitions. And that's why I said I think my evolving period of of wanting to transition happened with Amari just because of what it does to your brain to just have to adjust in that way mm-hmm. um, and to see yourself to see an extension of you existing in this world mm-hmm. as a black male mm-hmm. in a world where you see on the news and in social media every week an article about a little black boy just doing something normal little boys do and they end up dead um, that affected Gosh. me in, in such a dramatic way um, Trayvon uh, you know Sandra Bland every all of them Every news article, I started to feel in my body. I uh, I started to feel nauseous looking at Facebook or the news every day. Yeah. So when you were bringing up social media, I was like, it's really true. You know, we have these boxes, these TVs and these computers and these iPads and iPods and our whatever the million things that someone else who's very innovative and wonderful is going to produce to us. But it's affecting us because now we have proof and we have visual evidence of oppression mm-hmm. systemic yeah oppression of a people of a whole people who built this nation yeah. um and systemically being you know kept in prison the males you know for trumped up marijuana charges but people are selling marijuana now on the streets it's free you know you go get a license for yeah. two dollars yeah. well, that two dollars that's me being you know, like kind of funny and facetious about, about it, but how times have changed. It's so unfair. How times have changed, change. and it's legal in so many places, but so many people are still yeah. in prison because of trumped up charges on having marijuana possession. Yeah. And then people need marijuana sometimes because it's a stressful life in this world, mm-hmm. you know. And marijuana is being proven for having benefits for things like that. You know, some people misuse anything, like you can misuse alcohol, which alcohol. is also legal. Yes. Um, you know, so marijuana is going away the way of the alcohol, you know, mm-hmm. did and. People are going to use it just in the same way people use alcohol to cope. And some people can't handle it. That's why some fathers are coming home and mothers are coming home alcoholic and driving with their kids drunk. And they shouldn't yeah. be because they're coping with something that's going on and dealing with it in that level. Right. So, But we're all affected. And the way we cope is we're using chemicals, um, medication, anxiety meds, depression meds. Um, when, you know, I'm on this, like, I'm on this hippie feel of let's go to yoga and everybody breathe together and, and, and do some real work on the the damage that the trauma of being re-exposed to all that on your TV and mm-hmm. in your news and in your conversations, yeah. you know? And then that's why sometimes when you said initially, I don't see race, sometimes it's hard for people like me who, when I turn on Facebook or, or the TV or the news and see somebody's story, the first thing I see is race. I and I And it's not because I have definitely been the victim of the most worst racism but I definitely have like I definitely have a lot and what I've experienced has not been nothing near what some people have experienced you know and I've just seen so many stories that's really impassioning me as a social worker you know my degrees in social work to advocate for people so this world today is giving me these visions of oh my god somebody needs to do some social work on the world like I so that's why this podcast also that's a part of my why and I think that like even social media let's go back to that topic yeah because I was pained I was on a cruise I was on this very nice relaxing cruise about a month ago or whenever it happened and that Jesse Smollett thing happened with um you know I'm hearing that and Jesse's in this place was he in Paris and uh, uh, I don't yes. know where he was. And he, he was beat. No, was, was he in Paris or New York? 
I don't know where he, he was. He was, he was somewhere and yeah, he was yeah, just yeah. being his yeah. gay empire self. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. somebody beat him up. And I was like, how dare they? How can they be hurt that way? Why is there so much hate? And then to hear that it's a made-up story is so I painful. I don't understand. I just you know. Don't. Well, I, if it even is, the story changes every day. You know, today is what's today. Yeah. It's in March 2019, and it's a story that's different that was in February 2019. Right. <laughs> you know, I can see that. I can see how how disappointing. Like it. I can see how that is for you, but then also they talk about for the gay gay community, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I just read an article about how. Um, um, Robin um, from NBC was talking about how she, when she in, in, uh, um, interviewed him, uh-huh. how it was so hard for her, being that she was, she is uh, a gay, uh, a gay person, mm-hmm. and she's interviewing. She wants to be able to give the benefit of the doubt to him, um, you know. But so she was kind of on a tricky ground, as she, as she would say, a no win situation when she's interviewing because she doesn't want to feel like she's not supporting uh, another LGBT uh, member but also want to be able to get the real story out right yeah so I can understand how that how difficult that was for her um but yeah it kind of it does put people kind of on the fence like what are you supposed to you want to support you know your community but then when you will have someone who does something like this it, it you can't help but I can have a little bit of I don't want to say you don't want to hate but like just like why would you do that why would you why would you just kind of in a way tainted our community it, maybe that's not the word I maybe that's well, it feels that words. way see that was like a that was an intense word tainted you know yeah, like, 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 like you got you did something to the water you can't drink it though well, yeah, like, <laughs> basically like yeah. a community that we're trying to build positive um, perspectives and, and whatnot and then you you know it, it could be for anything like we're mm-hmm. talking about this specifically but if I was to say that I'm really trying to build um, you know a community of any sort and someone puts a negative press about it or something you're like why but why but why and what it comes down to is this I think is that people are going to be selfish no matter what what they're going through Right, especially if they're mentally not well. Mm-hmm. Um, mental issues are huge now. Men- right? Well, that's why we're doing the thing. Wellness is important. Yes. You gotta feel well in order to be a good person. So there's something wrong with Jesse. Yes, that's what I think. I, you know, I when I said disappointment, I meant so more so disappointment in like first when I heard it. I was devastated that someone like him, because he seemed like such a good guy, I respected him as an actor on Empire and an advocate. He advocated for lots of things. I think he was advocating for that college that was losing funding, I think Bennett, Bennett College. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's just like somebody who uses their celebrity, because right now in this world, the best, you know, the power in the world is is fame and, and money. Right. So he has some. And yeah. I thought I was respectful of him using that mm-hmm. to have some kind of a platform. And then... When he got beat up, I was like, oh, great. Like, and not great in a way that, yay, it happened. But right. look at him out there sharing his story. Right. It, although he has to be in pain right now. He yeah. just got beat up. And I think Bleach, they said, was in the story. So I was like, yeah, I could be burned. Like, something's going on. Right. The fact that you're on the show sharing, like, almost like I had no thoughts. That Why would you even think something exactly. like that? Like, why would you think someone would pay someone else to beat them up? I, it, it just didn't. I, I can't fathom yeah. that idea. So to hear like that he went and turned himself in for doing it, 
to get more salary. I don't even know if that's a story. Like that's something I saw. Again, this right. is the whole reason we're having this conversation is going back to social media. Right. We don't know him. We don't know whether he did this or not. We don't know the story. We ain't in it at all. We're having a whole conversation about something that is none of our business. It's none of our business. But, <laughs> but, but the thing is, this is the thing is, social media has the power, right, mm-hmm. to have to open, yeah, open up discussion to the possibility of that being a representative of happening. Yeah. yeah. And then now people have this story that if uh, a, a gay person reports a hate crime or a black person reports a hate crime, they just lying. They trying to get a better salary. They yeah. just trying to come up from it. It's another story to for someone who's ignorant anyway yeah. to use as fuel. Yes. Not that people will have yes. that as a rational thought, yep. but it's really great fuel to use in your ignorance yeah. as you keep going to make stories about why you don't like gay people or black people and use both. And that's yeah. why I was disappointed. Uh-huh. I was disappointed that he allowed his mental health. Get to get to a certain level that he wasn't grateful for all the money he already has yeah. and the job he currently yeah. has. Well, that's what I mean. I didn't mean yeah. to say the word T, but that's what I mean. No, no, I, was I wasn't saying that you said an extreme word and it was bad. I, I was but appreciative was, of yeah, the, you know how I gave you that yeah. passion. You know, because I, I'm I can I'm just you know I can imagine if something that I work so hard and I, you know I feel so much love towards and and someone ruined and, and changed that reputation. Or I just feel like I guess um, mental illness is something that we can you know talk on further in the other future episodes. But that's something that I feel like we need to address. Um, that his, just because he, he made a poor choice and did whatever he did, instead of looking at and that being a reputation that's put on a certain community, we need to look at why did he do that? Yeah, why you know, did he do that? Why did he do that? <laughs> he needs help instead of just saying, oh my gosh, he's an awful person. Yeah. Um, he's mentally ill or instead of there's this big movement going around saying instead of what's wrong with you what happened to you right um you know what happened to him that made him feel that the best way to get what he needed was Mm. to hurt himself to have pay people to hurt him yeah the internal message that this indicates to me is is really is really weak so and then you know did you hear about that story on um i saw on facebook but Uh, with the pastor and his stepdaughter, and they said that the that the wife was killed by a panhandler. When the when the wife rolled down the window to give him money, he reached in and stabbed her. And that was a story that was national, and everybody was like, "Oh, I'm so scared to give money to the yeah. homeless now." And yeah. it was just like a lie. It was a story. I think Oprah even said something. Yeah. So you know, that's all in how the way something that happens affects the way the world thinks. Yes. You know, yes. and then. Then it came out a couple of, about a week ago or so that he they staged it. They tried to get out of the country and, and they had killed her themselves. Yeah. That's crazy. But all this time until they were exposed, people yeah. are afraid of to getting get to the homeless. homeless. Yeah, you know. So now we have oh you can't report. I might get hurt. Oh you can't roll down your window to give to the homeless. Poor gay LGBTQ community and homeless people. So how much of the stuff that we see in here is newsworthy? How much should we be able to, should we be having to absorb? You know, that's a question that we have to ask. Well, we, we absorb, absorb it either way, I think. I don't know if we have a, a choice. Which, you know, <laughs> how, I guess how, how much is it, should it influence mm-hmm. our perspective and how the decisions that we're making? Because a lot of the information that we're getting is starting to be 
uh, opinion based, mm -hmm. um, entertainment based. Mm -hmm. So um, I think that's just something I don't, I don't know the answer to that. But yeah, is there an answer? I, yeah. Um, <laughs> things we ponder. Right. Um, As we yeah. think bigger, right? Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Well, we've had a wonderful time in our very first segment. Yes. Thank you so much for listening and getting to know us. I'm Nakia Fields. You know, I'm a clinical social worker, and I have passion for helping you think bigger and, and, and broader in your ideas for who you are as a professional and in your personal life. And then Carly. And I'm Carly Sine. I am a personal trainer, a health coach, and I am ready to grow and expand with you our minds, bodies, and spirits, and just be positive in growth. Yes. yes, and with that, we say goodbye from Beyond Expectations and with good energy.